Hello, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. It is November 8, 2021 and this is Q&A number 65 for my Facebook virtual coaching group. Um, my job as a coach is to encourage and support and teach. That is the job of a coach and I love what I do. I've been fortunate enough to do it for 29 years now um, with my program and I'm happy to say that um, we are um, in 20 states now with 92 members. There's actually been 110 members over the last year and three months and we've only lost, um, what is that, about 18 members, but those members are coming and going. Some left because it's winter where they are and they will come back in the spring. Um, Some left during Florida summers and I'm hoping they'll come back uh, this uh, fall and winter. (laughs) So anyways, I I feel like that that probably makes me the happiest of all because it's not just about getting new members, but it's having enough information in the group to make the members that are in the group uh, want to stay and see the value. Um, And I'm constantly trying to add new things to help you learn and and to um, inspire and encourage and support you so with the coaches eye reviews that's a huge help but also the training videos and of course i plan to be doing some new things after we finish this book club on um kind of like a college education for the horsemen uh, with your horses and riders and see um like small little courses from the groundwork on up relationship with your horse on up to competing so that's my next goal after this um but before we go on to the shout out and the q a and the topic i'd like to give a few um welcoming notices and say welcome to new members crystal Brittany, and vanessa all from florida so welcome to you and um I'd also like to do some housekeeping uh, quickly for the new members. Um, In the group, at the very top of the uh, group page, there's a magnifying glass or a search box. All you have to do is type in live number one or live number two or challenges and everything that's ever been done in the group will pop up under that topic and you can uh, research it. So there's over a year and three months of really good information in the group. Don't forget to check out the members only website. Um, You will have been given by now your username and password. There's over a hundred, I think 150 videos now of training videos organized by um, category. And I've also put a year's worth of challenges in there, a year's worth of live organized numerically. And then of course, uh, everything organized by topic, problems that might arise on the pattern, dry work, drills, how to pattern, how to add speed, groundwork, it's all listed there and the videos to follow. So don't forget to take advantage of those. Um, I have a clinic in Lady Lake on December 19th. There's one spot left. Uh, So if you're interested, let me know. And then I have a clinic January 30th of 2022 in Lady Lake and there's about six spots left for that. So message me if you're interested on either of those clinics. I have a clinic this Sunday um, here at my farm. So I'm looking forward to that and weather permitting. Um, Boy, we had some funky weather Friday and Saturday and even Sunday morning. I got three inches of rain 
and it was cold and gray for two days. I was so happy to see the sun on Sunday. Um, but I got a lot of podcasts done, so check out my podcast. I did one on positivity and gratitude, another one on equine nutrition, another on essential oils, and then another one on the top 10 things barrel racers need to win, need to do to win. So definitely check out those podcasts. Um, Today we're going to discuss chapter 8 of the Heart of Champions with the author Donnie Taylor, the WPRA calf roping uh, world champion. So we're starting chapter 8 today. So let me go into the questions. Oh, before I do that, I'd like to give a few shout outs too. On the November's personal best list um, drawing, actually I I even forgot to announce um, the winner for the October uh, personal best went to Kat in New York. So congratulations to Kat. She picked her prize and it's on her way to her and she'll have it by Tuesday. Um, I'm starting a new... Uh, November personal best list. We already have three names on it. So congratulations to Amelia on Penny for getting, she's just a a little girl and she's doing amazing. I think Amelia is nine now and um, she's nine years old and she just moved up from the 5D and won her first money at MBHA Florida 06 in the youth into the 4D money. So congratulations to Amelia and Penny. Uh, Sherry and Fancy had a beautiful first girl in Georgia. They've been working on that, so that's awesome. So added you to the personal best list. And then Tina in uh, on Elsa in Alabama won 40 money this past weekend uh, with her first run back on her husband's stole her horse four years ago, over four years ago, to make it a rope horse. And she stole it back and first run back won some 40 money. So congratulations to you. And I'm sure more will be coming in because it's only Monday, so please send your accomplishments or put them in the group today. We'd like to celebrate with you and send me your videos for review. I've done about nine videos already from the weekend, Um, so congratulations to everybody who, um, and also I did a few more from uh, MBHA Open and Senior World for uh, riders as well, so congratulations to everybody that sent me. Uh, it's a video that, that you're proud of and for those of you that had things you're working on don't worry um, learn from those things and set up a plan to improve them with your tune-up this week and I'm sure you'll be seeing great results in the next couple weeks so um, <clears throat> let's go to the first question um, let's see here Someone had asked me about equine nutrition, which equine nutrition, I could go on for an hour, two hours easily. So rather than taking that for a um, Q&A live uh, in the podcast, I went ahead and did a separate podcast for an hour on that. So definitely pay attention to that. Um, And then one of the questions was about amino acids and um, dynamite definitely has amino acids in their, excuse me. In their dynamite um, vitamin and mineral uh, pellet that you give one ounce a day, and it actually has like 13 different um, amino acids in it, and they are chelated. They are from a awesome source. Um, soybean whole is important, not the meal. So the first ingredient in everything is important. If a product is whole and the way that it is processed, and soybeans with dynamite are 
cold extrusion um, so extruded so the um, the nutrition stays it doesn't have any solvents in it no chemicals to process so it's um, it's a really great way to keep the nutritional value and quality of the product not to mention we use a farmer that is um, non-gmo so that's important as well because dynamite is a holistic meal they're certified organic um, so absolutely they don't list um, how much I have seen it in the distributors manual in the back office of um, my computer because I'm an independent distributor for like 15 years um, as I mentioned before Linda Capazzoli here in Florida has been a distributor for like 30 years and anybody who knows she has a great breeding program with her babies and all her horses go on to win 1d and, and sell for a lot of money so um, it's just a really nice quality product that you can feel safe about and that's why I use it so um, so if you're interested pay attention to that um, obviously there's a lot of opinions about equine nutrition out there um, and this comes from more of a holistic approach um, you know trying to look at the horse on a nature level and what's normal for a horse and then backing it up by science is the whole idea of how the dynamite program works but all right the first question is um, can the horse be too broke which I thought that was an interesting question and she sent me a video of some Liberty training work on the ground um, but I guess, you know, I don't think a horse can ever be too broke, um, it, except there might be that exception to the rule that some trainers say if you do slow work for too long on a barrel horse or get them too, you know, like you just drill and drill, slow lope, slow lope, they never learn to have that fire and run, some would say. But in most, in my experience, the last 30 years, I haven't seen people have horses that have too many buttons or are too broke or too soft or too supple. Um, rather than I see more issues and I see uh, horses that are too broke um, so I do think that it's important to start on the ground with a horse and I do like Liberty training um, I think if you establish from the ground body language voice commands um, moving body parts with your hands on the ground maybe yielding the front end yielding the back end um, that they'll go left right forward and backwards off your uh, energy and your body language and your voice um, that they'll put their head down, they'll flex their face left, right, and down, yield front and back, and all those things from the ground, then when you get into their back, uh, it just flows so much more natural. I used to start colts, and I started probably 100 babies under saddle. The last baby I started under saddle was Rocky, and um, I did that at, what, 50, 52 years old, and um, of course, I'm going to desensitize them on the ground. I'm going to do everything I can from groundwork, um, ground driving, everything I can on the ground so that when I do get on them, it doesn't scare him and I don't get myself with a colt that wants to buck or run or bolt. So I absolutely think foundation is important. I think it's important to have a horse that's calm and quiet. Um, I do believe 100% to establish the relationship of love, respect, trust, and communication of cues starts from the ground and then it just flows right into the saddle. Sometimes you see respect issues in the saddle and they usually have respect issues on the ground too. Not always, but sometimes. So um, so I don't I don't think you could be overbroke other than if you just lope the barrels forever and never teach them it's a timed event, then maybe you could take the run out of a horse. Um, 
So that's where you could start like sprinting in the arena and put the fun back in the run. And if you have a horse that didn't come off the racetrack, they have to learn to run. And, um, and that's a process in itself. And then they have to learn to run and rate and turn. <laughs> and so that's a process because <clears throat> you might have a beautiful pattern running 3D, but then when you're trying to get in the 2D or 1D, your turns kind of fall apart for a little while until you make adjustments with your rate cues. And then once the horse gets more confident, you may not have to rate them as early or as, as uh, assertively because they will have that education with speed and um, learn to rate themselves um, with that newfound speed on the pattern. So, so those are all things to consider. It's definitely complex, but that's, you know, that is horse training. There will be times that you have an amazing run and then times you have a really crappy run and you have to figure out why. There'll be times when you go to the barn and everything is perfect, your horse is amazing. And then there'll be times you go to the barn and your horse is really naughty and nothing's going right that day. And humbling is the word that comes to mind when I think of uh, working with horses. So we have to kind of meet them where they're at that day, that minute, that, that second. Um, and sometimes our plan, our human calendar, is not the horse's calendar. So we just have to <coughs> go where we are and start where we are. So the next question was about riding with limits. And the reason that question came in was I have a new member who's concerned because she has some health issues with her equilibrium and some physical issues with her body. And in all honesty, we have several members in the group and some of them are running 1D to 3D times with those limitations. And I myself have limitations um, with my left hip, having it be, um, what's the word, <coughs> uh, bone on bone and bone spurs and um, and then it's lost mobility. It's become very uh, stiff so that it doesn't flex like it used to even with stretching because it's kind of calcified the bone on bone in the top of the joint so everybody um <clears throat> should know that if it's important to you if riding horses or barrel racing or horses in general bring you joy and it is your passion your purpose i don't feel that you should quit if you need to take a break take a break if you need to slow down slow down if you need to modify how you ride that's okay too of course i talk about how you should ride a horse but even myself on my own horses now because my left hip is weak i have to put more pressure and i did a podcast on this too so you can listen to that podcast and i'm not going to go into it deep here but i have to put more pressure on my right stirrup or my right hip and i didn't want to make my horse sore on the right so i've been trying to even it up by sitting back more instead of since I can't put the weight on the left when I'm in a right circle or a right turn. <clears throat> so those are things that I think we have to look at. In barrel racing, we suffer many loss. We could suffer loss of the horse. Um, we could have financial difficulty. We could have health issues. Um, but if you love it, just don't quit. Like I said, take a break, slow down, modify how you do things. But there are barrel racers that ride paralyzed, barrel racers that ride um, with other issues and they find a way. And is it exactly textbook? No. But does it work and their horse will adapt? Absolutely. So, <clears throat> so if that fits you, then I would absolutely recommend, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat this morning. Uh, I've got a throat lozenger now. I should be fine in about one minute here. 
So anyways, um, if that fits you, then listen to that podcast and I hope it inspires and motivates you to keep going. Um, and I feel that way myself, um, after getting hurt last summer, um, you know, it's just going to take time to get, you know, find a new way through this. Um, anyhow, so the next question was about being stiff at third barrel, but having a nice first and second. And I know this particular question, if I had to just answer it without a video, it would be a little bit harder, but after seeing the video, the turn issue is actually about a rate issue. With slower speed, the horse turns the barrel pretty nice, but with more speed, the horse gets stiff because it becomes a pulling match in the turn. The horse is not rating off the rider's body and was not being cued correctly, so it becomes a, a rate issue for the horse, a position problem because the rider is cueing with one hand instead of two for the rate, so the hip is losing and they're not staying straight in two hands to spot one, but instead going to the horn and checking and then losing the hip and all of that. So so that's gonna be something you've gotta do a tune-up with. It's slow and get your muscle memory down. And then um, as you feel it's correct with your cues slow, then you're gonna add it on the pattern. And it may require entering a few barrel races and treating third barrel like first barrel and rating down with your body and voice uh, three, four strides out and and then maybe doing a two-hand check, two strides and one stride out and then going to the horn only when your leg gets to the barrel at spot one and then using more body and outside leg um, to finish your turns as well. <coughs> so that's something to consider as well. Um, so that's all my questions for this week so far. I'm going to go ahead and get into chapter 8. And chapter 8 is um, called Strong Women Empower Other Women. So Strong Women Empower Women. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, uh, this, this chapter, boy, did it ever... Uh, now remember, this is a book club. And I've recommended everybody in my, um, my group either buy the book through Amazon and read it on your telephone, on your cell phone, um, through Kindle, or um, or you can purchase a book. It's a paperback, and it again is uh, author is Donnie Taylor, WPRA calf roping champion, a world champion, and um, and uh, the reason I chose this book for a book club was back in June. I read it and I thought it was amazing what all she went through to win a world championship and I just thought even though it's calf roping not barrel racing that it was inspiring and um, you know I thought it'd be fun to go through and I found a lot of things that I've been teaching the last year in my group to be very similar to what she was uh, teaching in her book so this chapter it really made me feel like a slacker um, if anybody read the chapter and um, what she put herself through, you know, especially with having a tumor and needing a hysterectomy, but still putting that off to go to world finals and doing the surgery after world finals. So, I mean, this lady is tough. <coughs> Excuse me. She is tough, tough, tough. So as, as the book starts, it's year 2015 and, um, not only is she going to a lot of rodeos, she's taking uh, lessons with uh, Larry and going to clinics and uh, or Lori and um, 
going to clinic. So she's really working with her team of uh, coaches and all of that. And she gets, uh, Larry gets her, uh, I'm always saying her name wrong, Larry, Lori, Larry. She um, gets her working on the dummy, which the roping dummies are super helpful. When my son was taking roping lessons, we spent more time on the dummy. And of course, I had a, a one at the house on wheels, and I pull it behind the four-wheeler for him. And it really allows you to work on your muscle memory as far as where to put your horse, swinging your rope, and all that. So without having to have live cattle. And um, so, and we did it mostly at the trot. We didn't even do much at the low, but we did most of it at the trot. So, um, so anyways, the, uh, you know, she, she was uh, watching her and she would notice she'd catch, she would catch, and then she would miss. And this is a dummy that's not moving. This is them walking up to the dummy, swinging the rope and catching, walking to the dummy, swinging the rope and catching, and just working on that repetition, working a drill. And so uh, she pointed out to her that she wasn't keeping her horse where she should. She wasn't guiding her horse. And she was letting her horse fade to the right and all that. So um, if you can imagine, inconsistency has been something that has haunted her to reaching her world champion goal, uh, being inconsistent. Because, you know, every dollar matters when you're trying to win a championship, whether it's uh, 4D at NBHA or but every dollar and every point matters. So if you're consistent, it's going to help you win a a year-end championship. So they talk a lot about that. And they talk about, which I I talk about a lot, is riding with purpose and intention. Um, I'm always telling riders, be specific, don't be vague, be focused. And so with her um, talking to her about her riding skills and being the captain of her horse, um, you know, it, it, you know, it, it, it really seemed to have a light bulb moment for her. And um, that's something I say to you all the time is to trust your horse. But when I say trust your horse, I don't mean just to go out there and do nothing and let them just do the pattern how they want. But yet what I mean is to be very specific and, ex- and giving solid cues of go, rate, turn, you know, and, and be specific about your spots. And... Um, and trusting that they're going to do it and, and expecting them to do it. Um, that's trusting your horse. It's not just sitting on their back and doing nothing. So, so anyways, um, she learns from this in this chapter to be the captain of her life. <clears throat> she realizes that, um, you know, while she does this clinic with um, Larry, I think the other lady's name was Hope, um, they eat dinner in the kitchen afterwards and, you know, she's cleaning up the kitchen Larry is and um they get into the conversation of you know OCD and that's when uh Donnie finally shares about her uh eating disorder and her OCD and how she went to rehab twice to overcome these mental disorders and um and that was a really eye-opening conversation for them and and non-judgmental but yet understanding um where she comes and and the nice thing that Larry said to her and I really I think it's an awesome thing and agree with her was um she told her that it's a bigger accomplishment that you've overcome those disorders than winning a world title and I don't think um Johnny ever looked at herself that way before so um so that made her really realize that she needs to value 
who she is, not what she does. And I, I'd like to talk about that a little bit because I feel like if we if we think about what we do, you know, I could say I'm a horse trainer, I'm a barrel racer, I'm a coach, I'm a mom, I was a wife. You know, we could say those are the things that we do. But more important than what we do is who we are. I'd like to be thought of as warm and caring and strong and giving and driven and motivated and passionate. Those are the things that I I would like to be thought of as I am or as I are, as we are. So I think that um, it's important to plant seeds with people. I know when people come to my clinics, um, a clinic is just literally a taste of a program. Um, you get a taste of a program. You get to watch, you get to do, but it's not the same as a private one-on-one lesson. It's not the same of, as virtual coaching where I really get personally to know you and your horse. Um, it's not the same as a combination of all three, clinics, lessons, and virtual coaching. And as you notice, all the way till she's going to world finals, she's taking lessons privately, going to clinics with, you know, a different person. And, and she's competing all up and down the whole United States for this world title. So to me, um, when I started my business, I had to have a mission. And my mission, I didn't want to just be a, a plain old horse trainer. I wanted the horse training to be ride with heart. And what that means, and I've said this a hundred times if you're in the group, is putting the horse first, but giving 100% inside and outside of the arena. Um, And I really think that's how I know, I value not just what I do, but who I am. If I always kept to those principles, that was what mattered to me. So um, there was a a quote, she has quotes throughout the book, and one that stood out to me was, um, winning a gold medal is a wonderful thing, But if you're not enough without it, you're not going to be enough with it. So I really think that that um, stands to what I say when I start my clinics now. that The journey is the win. The journey is the win. So you have to remember that. It's not the the trophies, the money, the buckles, the year-end championships. It's the process. It's the journey. It's the relationship. It's the memories. those are the wins when you look back on 20, 30 years of your life. So it's the lessons you've learned, the person you've become, all of that. So um, so she leaves, you know, and, and has the sled at home now. She's practicing a lot. She learned a lot of things at her clinics and lessons about sitting deeper in the saddle, um, not getting and, and dropping her legs down, um, not squeezing with her thighs and, and um, you know, putting pressure of her on her feet and their stirrups and not leaning, but, but sitting centered, opening and closing doors, um, looking, um, you know, we talk about a lot of this stuff, you know, look where you're looking is important and all of that. Um, so anyways, it goes on to being focused, talk about being focused and present and building blocks and how details matter. So, um, and she talks about, um, the effect of having all of those things into play. So I did a podcast and I'm not going to do it now because it'll take quite a bit of time, but I'd like you to go ahead and listen to the podcast 
and the compound effect that she talks about to win her roping championship we have a compact uh, compound um, compound effect to win in barrel racing so I listed the top 10 things that I feel you need to have to win in barrel racing one was riders basics the other two was horses foundation three was um, being fit mentally physically and emotionally for you and your horse number four was practicing perfect with a regular routine regular schedule number five was hauling and setting one percent goals number six was embracing your small wins number seven was building off of each win number eight was learning from each loss number nine was the little things make big things happen and number 10 is to always improve your horsemanship and your connection with your horse and to know your horse your horse is your partner in this and it's got to be 50 50 so that's really important so if you're interested in hearing more about those 10 things listen to that podcast i think it's like 10 or 12 minutes long um in the book she talks about all this practicing she did and then they went to a big roping and she had a bad run she was embarrassed so she went back to her coach larry and she's upset and, and she all she said to her was short memory she had no idea what it meant but what she was telling was to let it go when you have a bad run don't get stuck on it emotionally just let it go and scientifically move on to the next one except for having a grateful attitude is what she says that's the one emotion you should keep is gratitude so then she discusses about separating your emotions from the science of what you do um and you know I, I will say this, I'm going to be putting a post in the group this week of four members in our group that have lost their horses, and it's a very hard thing to lose a horse. For most of them, they're like a family member for us, and it's a huge loss. Um, so I will say this, um, you don't know when your last run or ride or time with your horse is going to be. Nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring. So you should absolutely, no matter how competitive you are, be grateful for every single moment that you have with your horse and keep things in perspective, you know, and that's important. Um, You know, we're going to post, I'm going to post this because I want to remember those horses and, and I want to have a tribute to how special they were and respect that pay respect to those horses and to those owners to those um to their to their people to their family so um so going on with the book um she we talk about she talked about science and emotion i totally get that because i have friends who are doctors and doctors are not allowed to work on their own family members because it'd be too emotional you know same with cops or firemen they kick you out because your emotions come into play instead of the science of doing what you need to do. Um, So she says she's going to go at it with more of a scientific approach instead of an emotional approach. So I like that. And you know I'm always telling you guys to write down things in your journal. Um, Write down things. Well, I have four things I want you to start thinking about. And please write this down. After every single run, I want you to write, one, what went well. Two, what you could do better, three, how you could do it better, and four, why it went well. 
So in every run, you will find something that went well and something that you could do better. It's very, very gonna be a rare thing in your life that you're gonna come out and say, that was 100% perfect. And if you do, write that down because you want to try to do that again. So she talks about this, and I talk about this a lot too in the group about positive attitude. She calls it E plus R equals O, event response outcome. Um, event response outcome throughout our life events are going to happen to us every day an event happens to us some are good some are bad but our response is going to determine the outcome and I think that's really important to remember that's why being really uh, uh, positive not emotional um, and being you know very very focused are all important things to controlling the outcomes of events that happen to us you know they say um, 10% is what happens. 90% is how we react to it, how we respond to it. Right. So, um, so anyways, as the finals end, she's crying, she's upset. Um, but yet you guys, she was second place. She was world reserve world champion, but she was crying. She was upset. This is hardcore, right? Most people be happy being second in the world, but she was not her coach Larry tells her it just wasn't your time she doesn't understand what that means at the moment she asked her st- her husband if she should quit and what a great husband he was he said no don't quit you need to go to every single one you've made so many great improvements this year and so many more wins so so anyways um it, it's just um she goes into the bonus round and she wins it with a 14-3 I think it was um and she talks about how she failed beautifully with all her nice improvements. Even though she didn't win first in one second for the world championship, she still felt like she failed beautifully because there were so many improvements. So anyhow, um, with that in mind, um, it makes <coughs> makes me think about barrel racing and how we need to focus on this run, this moment. Not what happened last run and not what's going to happen in the future. Um, and so often we want things to happen on our timeline and we know it's got to happen on God's timeline. So as, um, 2016 season begins, um, she asked the question, what can I do now to get me to my goal? So again, she wants to be number one, not number two. So she does more lessons, more clinics, um, more focused on, uh, becoming her personal best self. And that's why in the group I have a personal best drawing every month. The prizes, the prizes aren't a big items; they're just small items. But it's just the idea of I want you guys to celebrate your small wins <clears throat> because those little steps, those little little wins each week or each day, you add up to monthly, and then they add up to yearly, getting closer and closer to your goals. So here she is in 2016. She's 52 years old, and this is when the problem comes with the bleeding and the tumor and the hysterectomy and all that. And so, again, she's really having a hard time. Um, But she chooses, after meeting with doctors, to put it off and go for her finals. She talks about jumping off the fence and being all in and not worried about the future. And you guys have to think about this. If we're present, you know, like, let's say you're out in the barn, you're riding your horses. If you're present and in the moment, you're usually really focused and usually really happy because you're doing something you want to be doing. But if you're worried too much about the future, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. Even if you're worried about a clinic coming up or a barrel race coming up or a rodeo coming up, you let that um, 
that part of the future become pressure and worry for yourself. It's better just to stay focused in the present. So I'm going to close there and I'm going to close with a few words, I hope of inspiration or motivation and um, say that you can't make progress without a plan. So definitely write yourself down a plan. You guys use those journals, write them down, set your goals, make a plan. And then you know what? You can't make dreams come true even if you have a plan without taking action. So make a plan and do it and jump off that fence and be 100% all in. Do something, a little something every day to chase those dreams of yours. So set a dream and chase it down. So I'm going to close there and just tell everybody to ride with heart and God bless you all. Thank you.